Welcome to another episode of the Intersection Podcast, coming to you from the Georgia Tech Scheller College of Business. I'm your host, Leo Haig. I'm a second-year full-time MBA student here at Scheller. To celebrate Women's History Month, across March, we are profiling our female graduates who have studied here at the Scheller College of Business, and we will be hearing all about their career experiences, their time at Scheller, and what advice they have for our listeners. So today, I'm delighted to be joined by Natalie Hendricks, a member of our Evening MBA programme, who joined in January of 2021. And she is also Director of Content at the Atlanta Hawks, our local and favourite MBA team here in Atlanta. So Natalie joined the Hawks in their video content production team in 2017 and has made a huge impact on the organisation. She's represented the Hawks at marquee events such as the NBA Draft, the NBA Lottery and the NBA All-Star event. And Natalie, I know you'll have loads to share about your experience working for a professional sports team and no doubt also combining that with getting an MBA in your spare time as well. But before we delve into that, it would be great if you could kick us off by saying a few words about your career background and how you got to Shella. Thanks, Leo. I think you gave a relatively good introduction, so covered a lot of the high points. But I'm from Southern Illinois originally and went to Scripps College in Southern California for undergrad, got a degree in media studies, went on to get a master's degree in sports studies from Southern Illinois University, and then found my way to Georgia, started working as a video producer, and then I've been with the, the Hawks for just over five years now. Started the program, as you mentioned, in spring of 2021, January, and have really enjoyed it. I'm in my final semester, so, you know, just taking on the home stretch. And you mentioned there that kind of sports is a theme through your education. So when was it that you kind of realized that you could have a career in sports and what attracted you from kind of you know, someone who was interested in sports and playing it and having it as a, as a pastime to someone who wanted to make a career out of working in the industry? I don't think I ever really knew that you could have a career in sports until I ended up in sports. During my master's degree, I wasn't really focused on the end goal of a career or where it was leading me. I was mostly just curious about, you know, representation of women in sports and psychology of sport. And so, you know, that really drove me to get a master's degree. And I was fortunate to get an internship with a golf organization during the summer of my master's degree. And that really launched me into the career of video production and more specifically a career in video production in sports. And I think, you know, from our discussions offline, it's something that I've always been insanely jealous about. I was like, I always wanted a, a career in sports. Why don't I just kind of just follow Natalie's convictions on that and do it myself? But you mentioned there that you've, you know, you've worked in different aspects of the industry, right? It hasn't always just been the Hawks. Um, you've worked in, with golf as well. But was there anything specific about basketball that attracted you? you know, did you really want to work in the NBA? Or was it more, as you said, like the video kind of production elements that attracted you to that? And then you became uh, you know, kind of a basketball fan and a, a bit more of a specialist as and when you joined the Hawks? Growing up in a really rural part of Illinois, we didn't have a lot of access to professional sports. And so I didn't have, as you would say, a home team growing up. In the NBA, I was a fan of the Bulls, Chicago Bulls, but we lived over six hours away from Chicago. And so I had never been to an NBA game actually before coming to a Hawks game. I didn't have an experience with the NBA that pinpointed that as a passion that I was going to pursue in the future. But as I I got more interested in pursuing my career in video production in sports and living in Atlanta, I just 
started to research the Atlanta Hawks and understood what a really incredible organization it was, not only on the court, but behind the scenes. And so that really drove me to apply there. They had really great diversity and inclusion initiatives that I was passionate about. And so it felt like they aligned with you know my perspective as well. And as someone who's now been working with a professional sports team for five years, you mentioned there that it is a real special environment at the Hawks. You know, they're a, a first-class organization, not just in terms of, you know, the basketball team that they're putting out, but how they interact with the community and, you know, also kind of aligning with your career goals as well. So I know that you've been there, you know, you've only had your career in sports to date, but it'd be really interesting to know what kind of makes it special for you being part of a sports team, not just a, you know, a business selling just a regular consumer product or something on the shelves in the grocery store? Well, I I don't have much of a comparison point, but I will say working in professional sports or specifically for the Atlanta Hawks, you really get a sense of representing a city. And I think there's something really special about that aspect as well. So, you know, we are a, a sports team and our product is, you know, a game and people coming out, but we also are a community asset and um, you know, activating summer camps and all of these different initiatives throughout the Atlanta area. And I think that that's really special and something that is easy for employees to rally around and really just buy into not only championing our players and our team, but also championing the Atlanta community as a whole. And on that note, I kind of wanted to ask you a bit about your role as director of content now, because I know there are definitely kind of key aspects of storytelling that you want to tell about the team and and that kind of thing. But I think what people probably don't realize when they look at the sports industry is there are so many different interactions they have. You mentioned some with the community there, but also with just different business organizations, you know, whether that's corporate partnerships, whether it's broadcasting partners. So it'd be great to kind of know like the types of people that you've got to interact with over the past few years and, and just kind of the different elements of the community here in Atlanta, whether that's business or other things that you've got to be in touch with since joining the organization. Yeah, we have a lot of really wonderful corporate partners in organizations throughout Atlanta, but beyond that as well. So Adidas and Georgia Power, Chick-fil-A, you know, we've got all of these partnerships that, you know, we create content in that aligns with both of our brand goals and really try and bring them, invite them into being a part of the Hawks voice and presentation. And so you'll see their LEDs in the uh, arena when you're there for games, but you also see some partnership content on our social media where we're really trying to blend our brands and include them in what we have really crafted as the Hawks narrative. And I think that was some advice that you gave to me when I was talking to you before about careers in sports, where Obviously, there are sports teams, right? But you could go work for Home Depot and still have a career in sport and that kind of thing. So it is really interesting to just hear, particularly in Atlanta, where you've got such a wealth of businesses who want to invest in things like sports marketing, that there's you know, a number of different paths that you could go down. But looking at your own career so far, what do you think has been the key to your success as you've been able to progress through a, a number of different roles now at the Hawks and get in touch with all these different types of businesses? I guess my MBA answer is relationships. I think relationships have always just been a really key aspect of my success and, you know, no one gets to where they are alone, but just cultivating the relationships and trying to help other people, you know, get what they need done is always going to, you know, really work out long term. I think one of the reasons that I really wanted to get an MBA was to understand 
the world of business better and apply that to the sports sphere. I don't think people often think about how professional sports teams are businesses. And so for me, coming in and getting an MBA and really having an understanding of finance and accounting and economics and being able to apply that to every single perspective, even though I'm in kind of a niche realm of content, it still has major implications about how do we sell content? How do we monetize it? You know, what's the value of it? And so the MBA has really been an essential aspect of that. And that, I think, very nicely segues onto what I really wanted to ask you just about your role at the moment. So as a director of content, I was going to say, what do you think are the key elements that go into that, like either the, the big pieces of work that you're focusing on at the moment? And you know, how has your freedom to kind of shape that progressed as you've spent more and more time with the Hawks? As I've become more of a people manager and less of an individual contributor, I've really tried to give a voice to the people who are making the content. You know, obviously still providing my understanding of our brand and, you know, what we've historically done and what has been successful, but also just being really open to new and novel techniques. And so I try to more so focus on being a champion of the individuals who work within the department and what they're interested in and how they relate to the city. And so that has been, you know, kind of the focal point for me as I've been in the director role. And before you got to where you are today, is that something that you experienced yourself within the Hawks organization or or perhaps outside? Because I think when I look at my own career, and I think it's very applicable across industries, if you can have somebody who you can use as a sounding board and a mentor, it definitely helps, particularly, I think, as you begin to lead people yourself. I think it actually becomes more important, almost the more senior you get and you move on from just kind of doing day-to-day tasks to actually like, how do I shape a strategy for this? Or, you know, how do I be a good leader for my team. So is that something that you've been able to tap into uh, during your time um, with the Hawks? Yeah, I've been really fortunate to have a great mentor and boss throughout my entirety at the Hawks. His name is Matt Bunting and he's the SVP of Hawks Studios. And yeah, we really balance each other out well. He encourages me to take on you know new and challenging opportunities. I mean, he's just been such a critical aspect of my growth and such a supporter of me getting my MBA and you know continuing to challenge myself in, in new ways. And so yeah, I think having mentors can't be overstated. You know, you really need those people in your corner and you know finding them and cultivating those relationships long term, I encourage everyone to really focus on that. And I did want to move on to some of the fun stuff as well. And uh, I I teased this in the intro with some of the kind of big events that you've been able to work on at your time at the Hawks, you know, whether that's the NBA draft or the All-Star game. So I wanted to just get a sense of like some of the things that you've enjoyed working on most because I've been lucky to have some great experiences in my career, but I've never been able to get, you know, up close and personal with my heroes or do things like that. So it'd be great to get a sense of like what those events are like working in and, um, you know, what you learn in that kind of pressure environment I imagine the big events are definitely fun you know the all-stars the drafts seeing these pinnacle moments of the organization that you're so passionate about it's fun to be there up close and personal but some of the kind of best projects that stay with me are the ones that really my whole team or uh, multiple aspects of the organization get to play a part in. And so, you know, recently our schedule released for 2023, we just had so many people involved in that creative production. It just felt like, a I don't know, all of my favorite people in one place and we're working on something that we're really passionate about. And so, yeah, I think that the projects that resonate the most are the ones where everyone contributes and everyone feels like their voice is heard and 
you know, they're enjoying the process of making something that we're really excited to share with the community of Atlanta. And do you tend to kind of set those campaigns like in advance before the start of the season? Or is it something that you find just tends to evolve with how the team's performing or kind of different opportunities that can come your way? Because I imagine like it can be yeah, like a, a challenge, right? You know, I imagine 2021, for example, when the Hawks got to the, the conference finals, which was a, a magical run. I imagine there's probably things that you planned at the start of the season when you thought, oh, we could get in the playoffs here. But then things build over time. So do you have to be kind of like nimble and adapt to that or do you try have kind of like one kind of narrative thread running through a, a whole season or say a whole playoff series yeah you definitely have to be nimble in professional sports it's just such an unexpected space to be in we do have kind of tent pole campaigns throughout the season that we prepare in advance but you really have to be on your toes at all times you know you trade players you get a new coach all these things are unexpected and you just have to be ready to approach it every single time that it happens but as a brand, you just have to know your identity. And, and when these things come along, you're ready to react because it's so embedded in everyone that works at that organization. And I did want to touch on the element of the Hawks identity as well, because you know, as someone who, as you can probably tell, is not an Atlanta native, I have actually really respected and very much enjoyed going to Hawks games. I think, you know, it's a real celebration of Atlanta culture. I think the way that the team ties itself to the community just beyond, you know, what's happened, the win and loss record and all that kind of stuff is something that comes across you know, really, really strongly in the game day experience. And it's no wonder that, uh, you know, the Hawks have won the kind of best in game experience, you know, several times. And it's something, yeah, I've been fortunate to go to games around the country and I, I don't think seriously anyone does it as well as the Hawks. So I just wanted to kind of get your perspective on that, Natalie, as someone who's been there you know, now a few years, how has that evolved? Because it seems like it's something that is definitely, you know, a real driving mission to the organisation and it's something that definitely comes across as a fan. Yeah, we're passionate about having that best in-game experience. We want you to feel like you're at home when you arrive. And it's, you know, from the moment you step in there, you are you feel like you're in an Atlanta game. And so whether it's HBCU night or Pride night or we're City Edition games, you know, we're really trying to fold in all of these really beautiful aspects of the Atlanta landscape. And I think our in-arena team just does such a wonderful job thinking about it in advance, planning it, finding the halftime performers, finding all of the timeout performers, and just really making sure that it is true to our brand and also represents the individuals that are in the seats every single night. And I think it's something that you know, the team is able to keep like remarkably fresh as well. It does have that kind of, you know, the same theme as like, these are things that we all know and love and around Atlanta. But as you say, there's very kind of different elements that the Hawks team pulls out of there when you go to a game. Yeah, no two games are exactly the same, but you always know that you're going to get a passionate audience. And, you know, I've been lucky to have been in there um, you know, on just kind of like your run of the mill, like, oh, well, it's three games out of the playoffs. So, you know, we, we may rest, you know, Trey Young, for example, this night. But I've also been there to see buzzer beaters at the, at the end of a, of a playoff game, for example. So every time you go there, though, it is a fantastic experience. And the, the basketball is great. But there's also, as I said, there's different elements that come out, which are, are, have definitely really impressed me. But to return to kind of your career arc and, and you know, your time at Georgia Tech as well, you mentioned earlier that, and I think it is very important that 
yeah, these big professional sports teams are businesses as well. You know, they need to be run really successfully off the court to have success on the court. And you mentioned that you joined the Evening MBA program in January of 2021. And um, so how has that kind of supported your career goals so far? And, and where do you see that helping you out in the future as well? I think an MBA is going to help my perspective for the rest of my life. There's just so many facets of an MBA that you don't know exist until you're in there. And so, you know, coming from more of a liberal arts background with a media studies major, not having those foundational elements of accounting and finance and economics, I just, I don't think I saw the world and business as it truly is. I didn't see the gears working inside. I just kind of saw the surface level of the building. And so I've really enjoyed understanding how the business works better. And I think that's going to serve me well, whatever direction I choose to go or trajectory I follow throughout the rest of my career. And how have you found it, just the literal time aspects of balancing, you know, essentially what I do all day, every day, but you're squeezing that into your kind of spare time as you're working for a very demanding organization? I think it comes down to a love of learning. You just have to really want to be here. And so I started out taking two classes per semester in the evening. And then my wife is also in the program. She's in the full-time program and she was going to graduate in May. And I had to start picking up the pace a little bit so that we could graduate together. And so I've been doing three classes for the last three semesters. And it's been a joy to have my partner also here and for us to be able to kind of prioritize our time. That makes the most sense being in the program. But I think, you know, you make it work if it's something that you're passionate about. And so I've, I've also just had a really supportive work environment who thinks that this is a valuable use of my time in the evenings. And so, um, yeah, I've been able to find an appropriate balance. And I think I will be very glad to share the graduation stage with you as well in May, Natalie. So I'm, I'm pleased that you've been able to, you know, just find the time to be able to do that because I know it, it gets demanding for me at, at time, but I don't have a, you know, a boss ringing me up expecting work, you know, during the, the normal working hours as well. Not yet. Not, not yet, but, but soon, soon. And um, so, yeah, that will come around soon enough in June, but I will not have a, a whole degree to do on the, on the side of that point. So I'll be making things a little easier on myself. But have there been kind of elements that you've really enjoyed in the program as well? You know, whether that's a, an elective or like a practicum experience, because I know sometimes it can be probably hard to find the time to reflect on that. But um, it would be good if, yeah, if there's anything that kind of like stands out from your time at Georgia Tech as well. People think I'm lying when I say that I feel like the entire program has been absolutely worth my time and that every single class that I've taken has been so valuable. Some of the favorites would definitely be emerging technology. I just found that to be a way of thinking that I had never seen before, how to really assess emerging technologies and present them in a way that is really compelling to create strategy. And so that was an unexpected class for me. Law and ethics, it was very kind of just law heavy but you know a couple of years ago I thought I was going to go to law school and so it really scratched that itch and love the professor Arn Rubinoff ended up taking another class with him as well just because I enjoyed his course as so much and then of course the international practicum going to Sweden and Denmark working on a practicum project where I got to actually flex some of my creative skills I did a photo shoot for the product that I was working for rented some cars, got to make some some pretty cool creative assets for them. And then, of course, go visit the company in Sweden 
So, you know, of course, a highlight there, too. Yeah, I think it's uh, fair to say you've squeezed in a lot in the past couple of years. That's definitely true. And you mentioned there the kind of the emerging technology aspect. And I think that's something that I know from our discussions that you are passionate about. And I'm sure is actually really, really relevant to your role at the Hawks about you know how you make kind of content that's as engaging as possible, how you engage maybe younger audiences and that as well, and how it can kind of supplement the, the ideas that you and the team already have. So is there kind of like a different emerging technologies that you're particularly interested in at the moment when you kind of look back and think, how am I going to apply this to my day-to-day role at the Hawks? Yeah, in my emerging technology course, we really, my team focused on deep fake technology. And so using videos, essentially augmenting videos to make people in the videos say things that they didn't say using a AI version of their voice. And so I, I think that that we're really on the kind of early stages of what the use cases are, good and bad for that. But I think that the the video world and content creation world in general is going to shift relatively rapidly as companies start to use them. So I, yeah, I think that there's a lot of emerging technology that people need to be aware of in video production. And I was really grateful for the MBA to provide that access to me. And I think that is one of the real, real benefits of doing the evening program is that you just get to immediately translate what you've learned in the classroom to the, the day-to-day. So I think I have to do a little thing where I try, like, store it away and make sure that it's still in there. And, you know, I'll, I'll deploy that in my internship and then in my full-time role. But I will I'm, say on that on that note, the leadership classes that we had kind of throughout the core curriculum aligned really well with when I really started taking on more direct reports and being in a leadership position. And I I can't overstate how critical having those formal classes were to my success. I think a lot of people think that leadership is just an innate quality that as you grow in your career, you just become good at and then you are a manager of people and you just do a good job at it, which is not the case. And I think it also kind of reveals to you how many people in leadership positions are, are not really skilled in that role. And so there is a great need for having leadership development courses. And I couldn't be happier that they were offered as a core curriculum at the kind of perfect time when I needed them. Yeah, well, it seems to have been something that has been really beneficial for you, Natalie, because I know that you've been just going from strength to strength of the Hawks and, you know, that you've got a, a position, you know, of real leadership there at the moment that I think, you know, you definitely really value. And um, on that note, as a leader now yourself, was there any kind of like general advice that you could give someone who wants to break into the sports industry, you know, whether that's a, a professional team or maybe some of the other aspects that we talked about? I think building relationships or asking for informational interviews with people just to really understand what the jobs even are before you get in there. And then also taking opportunities or taking a job that might not be your top choice, but is on the right track. You know, you can't expect to necessarily just end up at your dream job or, you know, the perfect place your first time. So if you find an opportunity that is, you know, close to the trajectory that you want to be on or is developing a skill set that you think you're going to need for your dream job, you know, don't say no to that opportunity. Just be be really open to those experiences. 
Yeah, I think that is some excellent advice to end on. And I will let you go, Natalie, as I know it's a busy time at the Hawks. You have a new head coach, so I will timestamp this podcast by saying Quinn Snyder's just been hired. And I know that there's going to be a busy run-in for the end of the season as the Hawks continue their playoff push. So thank you very much again for joining us. Um, I think that's a conversation that I have definitely learned a lot about as someone who always had a dream of working in sports. And you never know, we may get there one day. You might help me out at some point. And when you're the CEO of the Hawks, you can... You can hire me then, perhaps. But yeah, really learned a lot from that discussion, Natalie. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Leo. And we can't wait to see you in the stands for the playoffs. Yes, yes. I will look forward to that. And then in the meantime, there will be some more programming from the Intersection podcast coming up as well. And you can follow us on Apple and Spotify, as well as find our episodes on the SoundCloud as well. But until next time, thank you very much, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you.